0: Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, your guide for this online retreat designed to help you become the saint God created you to be, especially during this Lenten and Easter season. This retreat will consist of material from the spiritual classic, 12 Steps to Holiness and Salvation, that contains the wisdom of St. Alphonsus Liguori, as well as a brief reflection and a daily resolution that is designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So join with me now as we take the next step on the road towards holiness. Hello and welcome to Day 7. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you open our hearts and minds today so that we may hear your voice and given. Be given the courage to act upon it throughout this day. Amen. Wow, we're on day seven. And yesterday was quite a, uh, quite a long one. Uh, this one is uh, a living faith. And it's not as long, but it is longer than some of the other sections. So I'm going to get right to it. And also, this is going to be concluding our chapter one. So excited to share a living faith. To be pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God, it is not enough merely to believe all that our holy faith teaches us. We must, moreover, regulate our life in accordance with our belief. Pico of Mirandola says, It is certainly great folly not to wish to believe the gospel of Christ, but it would be greater folly still to believe it and to live as if you did not believe it. The unbelieving act very irrationally when they close their eyes so as to not see the abyss toward which they are hastening. But what of the folly of those among the faithful who see the abyss and with open eyes actually hurl themselves into it? O oh, my brethren, exclaimed St. James, what shall it profit if a man say he hath faith but hath not works? Shall faith be able to save him? James chapter 2, verse 14. Many Christians believe without doubt that there is a just God who will judge them, that endless happiness or eternal misery awaits them, and yet they live as though there were no God, no judgment, no heaven, and no hell. There are many who believe that our Divine Redeemer was born in the stable at Bethlehem, lived for thirty years in the humble abode at Nazareth, supported himself by the labor of his hands, and at last, consumed with suffering and sorrow, ended his life on an infamous gibbet. And yet, they do not love him. Indeed, they offend him by innumerable sins. It is to these that St. Bernard addresses his words of warning, "'Show by your deeds that you believe.' By a virtuous life, a Christian must prove that he has faith. The sinful man who knows the truths of faith and does not live in accordance with them has a very weak faith, faith, to say the least. For it stands to reason that if a man firmly believed that the grace of God is the highest and best good he could possess, and that sin robs us of grace and is the greatest evil in this world, he must of necessity change his life. When, therefore, the sinner prefers the miserable goods of this world to his Lord and God, he gives evident proof that he has a very weak faith, if any at all. St. Bernard says, He who acknowledges God with his tongue, but denies him indeed, dedicates his tongue to the Lord and his soul to the devil. According to the Apostle St. James, that faith does not manifest itself by works, is dead. If we see a man who betrays no sign of life and who neither moves nor speaks nor breathes, we say he is no longer alive but dead. In like manner, that faith that gives no evidence of vitality by the performance of works of eternal life, we rightly regard as dead. There are Christians who willingly accept those teachings of our holy faith that are confined to the sphere of the intellect, but who give no proof whatever that they believe the truths that affect the will. And yet the latter are as certain and undoubted as the former, for they are all made known to us by one and the same gospel of Christ. If we believe the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity and the incarnation of the Divine Word, we must also accept the principles that Christ our Lord has laid down for the regulation of our conduct. It was with this end in view that St. Paul wrote thus to his disciples, Try your own selves if you be in the faith, Prove ye yourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Our blessed Redeemer has said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if a man complains of the dispositions of divine providence, because he happens to be poor, such a man cannot be called truly faithful. For the man who believes from his heart the words of our blessed Lord will seek his riches and his happiness, not in the perishable goods of this earth, but in the grace of God and eternal life. When gold and silver and precious stones were offered to St. Clement on condition that he would renounce Christ, the saint heaved a deep sigh and complained bitterly that with such a miserable and contemptible exchange they should try to rob him of his God. Our divine Redeemer has said, Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are they that mourn, "'Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice' sake.' By this he meant to say, "'Blessed are they that suffer sickness and temporal loss "'or some other misfortune with patience and resignation. "'Blessed are they that suffer persecution "'because they flee from sin "'or endeavor to promote the glory of God. "'He who thinks that he disgraces himself when he forgives, "'he whose only concern is to live an easy and agreeable life,' and to shun the very shadow of self-denial, he who pities those who renounce the joys and pleasures of earth and crucify their flesh, and he who from human respect neglects the practices of piety and the reception of the sacraments, and is wholly absorbed with the attractions of the theater and ballroom, can have no valid claim to the title of a faithful Catholic. This seems to be the place to correct a false impression that is very prevalent. There are many who imagine that a life in harmony with the precepts of our holy faith must necessarily be a sad and joyless life. The devil pictures our holy religion to them as a tyrant who imposes only burdens and cares upon her children, forces them to constant self-renunciation, and interdicts the gratification of every desire. There is no doubt that for those whose only desire is to satisfy their sensual cravings, A life in accordance with holy faith has little that is attractive. They that are Christ, says the Apostle, have crucified their flesh with the vices and concupiscences. The law of Jesus Christ commands us to battle against our inordinate inclinations, to love our enemies, to mortify our body, to be patient in adversities, and to place all our hope in the life to come. But all this does not make the life of the truly faithful a sad and sorrowful one. The religion of Jesus Christ says to us, as it were, Come, and unite yourselves to me. I will lead you along a path that to the bodily eyes seems rough and hard to climb, but to those of good will, it's easy and agreeable. You seek peace and pleasure? Well and good. Which peace is to be preferred? That which, when scarcely tasted, disappears and leaves the heart replete with bitterness? or that which will rejoice and satiate you for all eternity? You strive for honors? Very well. Which do you prefer? That empty honor that disappears like a puff of smoke, or that true and genuine honor that will one day glorify you before the whole world? Ask those who lead a life of faith if the renunciation of this world's goods makes them sad. Visit the Holy Anchorite Paul in his grotto, St. Francis of Assisi on Mount Alverno, St. Mary Magdalene de Posse in her convent, and ask them if they miss the joys and pleasures of this earth. They will answer without hesitation, no, no, we desire but God alone and nothing else. Should anyone object that a life according to faith is opposed to nature, I answer, it is, no doubt, opposed to nature but to a depraved and fallen nature. It is burdensome, yes, but only for those who rely on their own strength and resources. But for one who trusts in God and begs for his assistance, the observance of the law of Jesus Christ is sweet and easy. Taste and see, says the psalmist, how sweet is the Lord. Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Take up my yoke upon you and learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart and you shall find rest to your souls for my yoke is sweet and my burden light. So we're almost at that 10 minute mark and I want to be very attentive to time since we had such a long, you know, uh, passage yesterday, but I think St. Alphonsus gives us exactly what we need to meditate on today. Our resolution We need to meditate on whether or not we think that pursuing the life of faith, whether or not being in accordance with the commandments of Jesus and his church, whether or not those mean that we have a sad and joyless life. No. We have to determine, do I believe this or do I truly believe that by pursuing this life of faith that I will receive all good things? And that I will find true and deep and lasting happiness. So that's your resolution for today. Ponder that question. And the flip side of that question is, what does your life witness? Does it witness that you believe that pursuing that life of faith does bring you joy and peace and happiness? Or are you going about, especially a Lenten season, are you going about it with drudgery and complaining and grumbling? How is your life reflecting your faith? God bless. Know my continued prayers for you and see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you think others may benefit from listening, please be sure to share the podcast with others. Until next time, know my continued prayers that you be given whatever graces you need, to do whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness, so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless.